Welcome to the Level Up Artist Podcast. We are your hosts, Adriana Amay and Jackie Sanders. We are two art professionals sharing forward the advice and business lessons we have learned along our creative journeys. We talk to artists, leaders, and art professionals to demystify the creative process and discover new ways to succeed as a career-minded artist. If you find value in these conversations, please go ahead and subscribe. This will help other creatives like you find our podcast and you'll be notified when we drop a new episode every Tuesday. On today's episode, we are talking about an always prevalent conversation with creatives, friends, family, really everyone, which is time management, but specifically as artists, because that is the ultimate question when you're juggling a lot of responsibilities is, how am I supposed to get everything done? I need more hours in the day. My to-do list is growing and it just keeps growing and growing and growing and there's not enough time to do everything. So time management is a great way to help us stay focused and get all the things done that we need to do. But it's an ever-evolving tackling project that everyone faces. Yeah, and in an idealized and somewhat unrealistic world, you could think of, you know, what if artists could just make work and somehow everything else gets sorted out, you know, you just finish a painting and money magically appears in your bank account, right? Obviously, it doesn't work that way. So the reality is that for working artists, you have to balance time to make your art as well as administrative tasks, following up with your collectors, time to create and post photos and videos for social media, keeping your website up to date, filling out various applications for exhibitions and different opportunities. You've got to drop off artwork, pick up artwork, exhibit artwork, you know, from several locations. I mean, it's a never ending list. And then on top of that, you also have personal and family obligations to add to it. So it definitely makes you think like, how am I going to squeeze all this in? Um, and unless you have a gifted memory, there's really no way, you know, to just keep it all organized unless you have some kind of time management uh, tracking system to keep it all in place. <laughs> yeah. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about how we balance all of those things. And also for both Adriana and I, how this has changed throughout our journeys, because Adriana, I know, especially for both of us, we both started with full-time day jobs going into a physical job and balancing our creative practice during that phase looks very different than it looks like now. So what did that look like for you at the beginning of your creative journey, balancing your creative practice and a day job? So working in a salaried, unpaid overtime uh, corporate job that required anywhere between 50 to 60 hours, especially during the busy season, um, it turned into one of those, if, I, if I'm already super busy during the week, during normal hours when am i going to spend time making art now this isn't around the time that i thought of it as a business per se but i was thinking about it as a serious creative business practice so no longer more of a um hobby type situation which we all go through at some point or another i feel like but more of a no if i want this to be a serious endeavor i want to involve like evolve my art and um develop a style and see where it takes me then I actually need to spend some serious hours on it, right? They say 10,000 hours to mastery. So it was like, how am I going to do that with a job that is so demanding? And on top of that, like, you know, the job that I was doing dealing in corporate finance, like we're dealing with the market and things that are outside of our control and the stress can be really high and, and how's everything doing and the investments and whatnot. So anyway, so what I ended up doing was trying to audit my time and saying outside of work, 
How do I spend my time? How much time do I actually spend watching Netflix, for example, or surfing the internet or shopping on Amazon, whatever the case may be? And how can I reassign, reassign some of those time blocks in order to make art? So that's that's kind of like my starting point when I was like, I need some sort of time management system because otherwise I, I'm just not going to have art. You know, it's very easy to say the whole, I just don't have time for it. And the honest answer, at least for me is, yeah, you do, but you just got to find what you got to trade. Essentially, it's always a trade-off. Yeah, absolutely. And that was definitely a mindset shift that I feel like in my, the beginning of my creative practice, rebeginning, so to speak, after college, studying in college, and then moving to Raleigh, figuring out what my life looked like here, finding a day job, making friends, getting a, the lay of the land, so to speak. That was definitely something that I faced probably two to three years into my day job at the time. Very similarly to you, um, it was a long days, long hours kind of job. I was hourly at that point. And so at least on certain days where it was 10, 11, 12 hours, I was like, well, at least I'm getting overtime. So that was nice. But overtime from an hourly wage, it's a very different mindset than salary. And so two to three years in, starting to question that of, okay, what am I doing with my time outside of work? And also realizing that at my day job at the time, there's only so far I can go and only so much personal fulfillment that I found that I was having in my day job, which I think is also a common mindset for a lot of artists or entrepreneurs to where you can definitely juggle multiple income streams. You can definitely juggle multiple jobs, but you don't necessarily have to have your identity be what you do for your day job, unless you absolutely love it and that's your passion and that's great. But having, at that point I realized, okay, like I wanna do something else too and have a long-term goal that I was in total control over, which ended up being this art business, which now years later, it's crazy to look back on that time. But that was the mindset shift that I had too, where I heard this quote where it's, if you don't have the time, you have to make the time and realizing, okay, how am I spending my time? And so, especially for a job where I felt like I didn't really have control over the hours that I worked, we were a very production-based business. And so if a client came in and had an emergency rush order that has to be done by tomorrow, it was like, well, cancel your plans for tonight. I guess you're working overtime, which was very frustrating at times. You're like, I don't know if I'm going to get off at 6 p.m. or 8.30 p.m. So it made it very hard to schedule those evening painting sessions, so to speak, but also brought up a lot of easy excuses when I did want to have, I plan on having studio time in the evening, but well, I'm too tired. I have this. I should probably go grocery shopping, la la la. And so during that time, I found it was easiest for me to prioritize the time that I knew no one could interrupt, which was the morning. Because I'm like, mm -hmm. no one's going to be waking up before work and asking me to hang out, right? The extrovert of me, no one's going to ask to go get breakfast at 7 a.m. in the middle of the week. Like people don't normally do that. And also I knew for my day job, I was always asked to work later, but very rarely asked to come in early unless I knew about mm -hmm. it in advance the day or two before. So figuring out the time blocks that I had total control of was that first mindset shift and like taking ownership of it was a great way for me to kind of like reclaim my power while balancing a schedule that felt somewhat out of my control. Yeah, same, same. I, I definitely did a lot of waking up earlier to paint before I went to work or at least researching things. Or if I was like looking at new supplies that I wanted to try or watching a tutorial of some sort. Yeah, I did the same. It was like, again, it was like, how do you spend your time and what can you exchange? And part of it was, okay, I'm going to wake up earlier so I can do this. 
or I'm going to skip an episode of my favorite show in the evening so that I can do this same time. Yeah. But of course, as our business have grown and, you know, obviously obligations in our personal lives, you know, shift and change with time, then it obviously means we have to make changes to the way in which we manage time. So whereas before maybe a to-do list on a piece of paper would have been sufficient, mm -hmm. um, definitely not enough. So let me turn it over to you, Jackie. How, how, how did it start evolving for you? Yeah, I think the biggest shift for me was realizing kind of that evolution out of, okay, a consistent creative practice and then shifting into, oh, I can turn this into something that one, I could make money from one, I can set my own goals and be in control of it. So having that mental shift of it's not a art hobby, like a thing I do on the side and actually thinking of it as a business was a huge mental shift, but then also those evolutions and milestones of that consistent prioritized time in the morning that then evolved into moving my studio from my home studio to art space, a public facing studio. That's a huge shift in schedule, but also um, like leveling up my business and also then realizing from a time management standpoint, I was still having a day job, had an out of the studio or had a downtown studio art practice and wanting to be at the studio more. So transitioning my day job into something that was more in my control, going to a remote job, which that was a huge shift, I feel like, in that middle evolution of my creative business because I recognized that there's only so much growth I could do while still working a day job because I had so little control over my time. Um, so recognizing that and then realizing, okay, what do I have to do in order to have more flexibility? And it was also during the time of 2020 where remote work was the topic of conversation. Be like, wow, imagine what that would be like to work remote. Um, and so I've been very fortunate to find a wonderful company that I love working for that has very flexible hours um, and allows me to work at the studio, which is great too, because I think that's in the middle, it was that big element of prioritizing, um, which we'll talk about later as one of the goals and tips that I found of really realizing what's in my control, what's out of my control that I can change or like what are just pretty much cemented in stone in terms of time commitments. and then controlling the things that you can control, but also from evolving just from a hobby to a business, I found that, well, for one, your to-do list grows exponentially because it's not quote unquote, just the art practice anymore. Mm -hmm. You have to think about selling your work, listing it online, all the admin things. What should my goals be? Figuring out what my goals should be and on and on and on. A lot of the conversations that started this podcast. Um, but I found that a lot of my to-dos still weren't getting done. My to-do list was growing, but I wasn't becoming more focused or prioritized in my to-do list. And I found myself saying more and more, like, I don't have enough time to do all of these things, right? Because I had the same amount of hours in the day um, and still having a day job, but also then having a growing and growing to-do list because my goals were getting bigger. So I felt like that was a very different time management hurdle to overcome. Rather than the beginning, it was, again, quote unquote, just making artwork, finding time for that, which is a huge hurdle in the beginning. And then once you kind of establish that this is a priority for me and I want it to be more of a part of my life, it opens up that can of worms of, oh, well, I could do this and I could do that. And I have to do this and I should be doing this. The shiny object syndrome of starting any business or creative practice. And I was like, oh my goodness, now I'm overwhelmed and I want to do all the things, but I don't have time. So that was kind of the <laughs> snowball effect once it got started. <laughs> 
How about you? How has your time management shifted from the beginning days of balancing it with corporate America? Um, a lot of the same of what you said. It definitely resonates. Um, mine, I think, were the bigger diff or the biggest distinction, if you will, is instead of saying I'm going to continue with a day job and do art on the side, I actually took the plunge. And um, I, it took me a while to transition. So I saved money accordingly, not knowing COVID was coming, of course. Uh, so that was good. <laughs> but I had money set aside. But essentially, I took the plunge and went full time. So for me, the shift was even kind of like a cold bucket of ice water, essentially yeah. of like, oh, wait, like I, I have to structure my time even more seriously than I did before, because now it's a business. Uh, and I have a studio outside the home over at ArtSpace. So now I have overhead as well. I'm not working from home. It's not quote unquote included in the mortgage. Um, so I definitely had to make a big, you know, tighten your pants kind of situation, you know, uh, wear your big girl pants and try to figure out, even though I quote unquote, have all the time in the world to do all the things. Cause suddenly if I'm used to working 50 to 60 hours a week, not that it's sustainable, mind you, but if I'm used to doing that, plus doing art on the side, so who knows how many hours I was really working at the time because I didn't track it back then. Uh, let's say 70 for argument's sake, then technically I should be able to do all my to-do things and also do out like, you know, all the art I want to do in 70 hours, right? Wrong. <laughs> Same with you. The more the more you say yes to different opportunities and things like that, you're piling on more things onto your plate with the exact same amount of hours in the day, in the week, et cetera. So it went back again to that initial thing of what can I trade on and what can I trade off, if you will, in terms of time and trying to be really cognizant of how I was balancing my time because it was very easy to get in the flow with the art creation process. And, oh, look at that, 12 hours have gone by and all I did was paint, right? Which was rare, by the way. There's a lot more. There's researching and finishing things and hanging hardware and all the things. But also, like, when am I going to send emails? When am I going to do videos? When am I going to document my process for social media or send out a newsletter or things like that where I have to do follow-ups and things of that of that nature? So it turned into, oh, also, like, researching opportunities and what can I apply to and all those kind of things. So it's like, the, the real reality of it as a working artist, as my career started, you know, to, to grow was that to-do list, much like yours, Jackie, it's never ending. I mean, it's the sides of Texas. And I had to do a mindset shift at one point or another to say, as long as I'm running an art business, that list is not going anywhere. In fact, I think as the business evolves, I'll be able to say no to more things. Mm -hmm. um, although in that initial slash middle stage i was saying yes to a lot more things only because i wanted to experience them before i said no you know don't slam it like before you try it kind of situation and trying to find which income streams were the best fit for my business so that meant a lot of exploration a lot of trial and error um and spending a lot of times on things that either didn't come to fruition or failed i'm just gonna say it straight up i mean there were things i tried that i was like that just didn't work and i just spent weeks on trying to develop the system or this income stream and didn't go anywhere. Um, and having grace with myself, honestly, was a really, really important part of that stage of I need to readjust, but also I can't blame myself for throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks because in this initial stage or earlier stage of building, you know, being a, a small business owner, that's exactly what you have to do. Just like when you're starting out with an art practice, you experiment with all kinds of things. Not everything's going to stick with you. Not everything's going to resonate. So there was definitely a lot of that. 
um, just trying to figure it out um, and also asking for help. Actually, I didn't mention that of, you know, talking to other artists and seeing how do you manage it and how do you do it and what's your biggest challenge and do you have any tips? You know, this is part of why we do the podcast to share forward what we've learned. Um, it was definitely helpful, especially in those big growing stages to be like, is it me or am I going insane? And I have 5 billion things on the list. And how does anybody even manage this? And, you know, talking to others, talking to you, Jackie, of course, was important too. Um, to just being like, okay, uh, what do you do? This is what I do. Let's exchange ideas and maybe try to come up with ways to help each other out or figure out what can we delegate or when is it time to nix this thing I've spent, you know, weeks working on, if you will. Yeah. And that has definitely been, I mean, a big source of conversation, even on our podcast with some of the guests that we have too, talking about how do they structure their time? How do they structure their income streams? What does that behind the curtain of the biz art business life look like? Um, because that's, that's the kind of stuff that isn't often posted on social media, right? Or posted on people's website. Like you see all these milestones that people are hitting or these cool projects that seem to have just come out of nowhere, where then when you talk to these artists, you realize, oh no, well, this amazing art opportunity that from the outside looking in seems like, oh, well, I just came out of nowhere and this project is done and that's incredible for them, must be nice. We're like, well, no, this was a lead that I actively pursued a year and a half ago. I applied for, I networked, I went through interviews. Like there are all these things behind the scenes that no one sees. And it's that hard work that's put in. But from a time management standpoint, as a art business owner, you also realize those are things that you have to plan for. Like you were talking about Adriana, realizing, okay, in theory, if you quit your day job or are able to not have a day job, then you're like, oh, well, I have all the time in the world. Like, this is going to be great. It's going to feel so easy where you realize, and I think this has been a common conversation for a lot of the artists we've had on the podcast, whether while we were recording or before, after recording, or on our bonus content at levelofartist.com, shameless plug. Um, they talk about what, how they structure their time. And sometimes it's the overwhelm and almost paralysis of that freedom. Because, I mean, as adults, we're kind of trained to work in corporate America or work based on someone else's schedule. So then we get used to that structure because you're told, well, I have to show up at 8.30 and I have to stay here until five o'clock and you get told how to spend your time with tasks and assignments and things. But then having total freedom can be really overwhelming because you want to do all the things, but also then feel like you're spinning your wheels and prioritizing. Um, but there's also that phase, as you mentioned too, of learning what you like and what you don't like, because you as a business owner get to focus on what you want to focus on, which I feel like looking at my business now thinking, um, to the modern day of how I manage my time, that's always something that I go back to, uh, is focus, figuring out whenever I get overwhelmed, I have the mindset that if I ever feel over overwhelmed, it's because I have a lack of focus on what my ultimate goal is. So always zooming back out to prioritize all these spinning plates, right? Uh, because we all have a lot of things to do, but trying to determine, okay, what is my top priority for this month? What's my top priority for this week for today? And always asking myself, okay, if nothing else gets done, what will I be glad that I did today? And like, what will my future self thank me for doing? Because it might not be an immediately gratifying project, right? It might not be the obvious choice, but what would my future self thank me for? 
Some days it's art related. Some days it's art business related. Some days, honestly, it is personal life to be like, you know what? I need to organize my closet because this frustrates me every single morning and it's a bad start to my day. So ultimately that's going to spiral into my art business, right? Like it's a good start to the day. Um, but prioritizing one thing can often bring a lot of clarity and often open up your mind to how you need to be spending your time. Like if nothing else gets done, what am I going to be glad that I spent my time doing? How do you feel like your mindset is with time management today, Adriana, before we dive into some of our takeaway advice and tips for today's episode? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, not terribly different from you, um, slightly different, um, segue from it, if you will. Um, for me, it's more about prioritizing as well as documenting process. To me, it's like a two, a, a two step, like I have to do both. Um, what if? found out and maybe my corporate slash financial, you know, career has something to do with it is I need to look at actually this, this is going to sound silly, but this is something that it's on investment reports where it says past performance does not guarantee future results, like definitely applies for investments. However, as it relates to time management, actually, yeah, it can to a certain extent. So for me, I actually find really important to see how long things took in the past to find ways to be more efficient in the future. So some of the things that I that I use to make that happen is, for example, I try to think of, um, there's different ways I've heard this expressed, but I try to think of the critical three. What three things do I have to do today? If I already have a general idea of how long a certain task will take, like for example, updating paintings and putting them on my website. I know that is a time suck. It really is. It takes a while. Um, getting the pictures, editing the pictures, doing the product descriptions, uploading everything, you know, like knowing that is if I already have published or, you know, publicly said what my deadline is to do a release, then I'm going to reverse engineer it from there. And I might say, okay, today is the day I have to finish this task, um, which may be composed of other subtasks in order to accomplish this goal. Right. But I have to if I don't know how long it's going to take, it just creates all the stress to me. So my brain, actually everybody's brains, uh, sometimes it's really hard to predict how long something will take. So you may think it's going to take a while and it takes longer um, or shorter or like it's really, really hard sometimes with some tasks. So for me, by documenting how long certain tasks take, then in the future when I have to quote unquote predict and plan how I'm going to spend my time and which tasks I'm going to prioritize, I can look back to see how long something took in the past, if you will. And it's not trying to remember how long it took, is I actually track how long it took in real time in order to be able to look back, which we'll get into that, what I use for that. But essentially, that's what helps me um, also to reduce analysis paralysis, as they call it, because then I'm like, am I going to have enough time? I don't know if I'm going to have enough time. And I'm always trying to reframe that idea of I don't have enough time. Our brain in many ways likes to, it's like a computer in many ways, right? And if you tell it I'm not good at math, it goes, okay, fine, then we're not going to find out how to be good at math because you already established that you don't care about being good at math or remembering people's names. So I'm always trying to reframe those kind of things to be like, okay, what do I have to do? And how can I establish these priorities in order to accomplish my goals without getting in a thinking loop of, I can't do this. I don't have enough time. I don't know if I'm going to do it or are we going to get there? Are we going to detour? What's going to happen? Right. So anyways, that's one of the things, many of the things that I always have to, you know, balance and work with. And then the other one, um, as my business has progressed, that's been harder to deal with 
these are all just different things that we have to deal with in our business and time management related, of course, is trying to be a good boss to myself. Um, I heard this from a coworker years ago who basically said, you have to remember that when the, tra the train leaves the station, it's time to go. And as a creative who loves what I do for a living, it's really hard for me to stop, right? Especially since that never ending list is so huge. Or if I spent a lot of time creating and I still have admin tasks for my critical three things I have to do today that I still need to tackle, then I'm like, then I'm just going to keep working until basically I go to sleep. Like, and that's obviously not sustainable. So I'm always trying to think, okay, once I reach a certain number of hours per week, I need to step back and I need to rest essentially. Um, anyways, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's always, I I think that's definitely something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. And I think similarly in terms of always imagining the idea of like, if I were my own boss, right? Like if I had a day job and my boss was saying, no, I know it's 9 PM and I know you've been working for 13 hours, but you still have to do this and you still have to do this and you still have to do this and kind yeah. of removing, like making your inner voice be someone else saying that to you. I'd be like, I'm sorry, like get out of my face, be quiet. I'm not listening to you anymore. Like I'm leaving. Like, and remembering those days where my schedule was so out of my control and thinking, okay, is this truly something that has to get done today? And again, it goes constantly to that prioritizing, reprioritizing time. But I think that's a great mindset and question to ask yourself of, are you being a good boss to yourself? Are you having realistic expectations of yourself? And then part of our job as entrepreneurs and artists is learning what is the best way for me to work? What are the expectations I should have? Because it is that fine line, right? Of like overworking ourselves to death to where we have this vicious spiral of like burnout, recovery, burnout, recovery, but also not being too relaxed on ourselves so that we just are making excuses as to why we're not hitting the goals we want to hit. Or it's taking, like we're then feeling bad about ourselves because we want to be hitting these goals and we're just not disciplined enough to make it happen. So it's that fine line of overworking versus discipline, which going into a few takeaways before we wrap up today, that was the biggest thing that I found was helpful was making sure that I wasn't prioritizing what was on my schedule, but scheduling my priorities, which is very different and realizing basically having to start with what are elements that are out of my control in my schedule, right? Looking at a Sunday through Saturday calendar, what are time blocks that for whatever reason, I don't have control over. So an obvious one for many people is a day job, right? Okay, at the beginning of my career, I knew from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., I was not working on my art or art business. Maybe I could take a lunch break and like do a doodle for 30 minutes, but that was about it. So that's out of my control. It could be if you're a parent, what are your family commitments that only you can do, right? Previous commitments. Um, then filling in your schedule, once you have those out of your control commitments, filling in your schedule with your highest priority to do's. So when are you going to be making artwork? When are you going to be executing your marketing plan? And again, you can look on a month long basis. You can look on a week long basis, maybe blocks throughout the day, depending on your schedule, but then filling in the highest priority to do is what Adriana and I were both talking about of the top three things, the top one thing every day that you have to get done. And then see what your schedule looks like after that and fill in those other things that 
maybe quote unquote, one day project that you would love to brainstorm or think about, but realistically, it doesn't have to get done today. It could get done tomorrow. It could get done two weeks from now. Block that into your schedule. Even things in your personal life, like errands, chores, social events, figuring out, okay, do those fill up my cup or are they draining? Are these things maybe that I could delegate to someone else, whether a partner, whether if you're financially able to have your groceries deliver, delivered to you, that's a great option and maybe could save you an hour and a half at the grocery store, something that you delegate out or communicating boundaries to your loved ones and to your friends and family saying, hey, I can't go out to restaurants and bars and hang out four nights a week. I'm only going to be doing two because the other two nights I have other commitments. And thinking of those high priority to-dos in your schedule as meetings with yourself. That's also a great way to be like, oh, sorry, like I can't make it. I have a meeting. And your meeting might be a three-hour painting session in your home studio or at your kitchen table or at your downtown studio. But you're like, it's a non-negotiable. You wouldn't cancel a meeting with your boss, right? You can't be like, oh, sorry. Like, I'm just not showing up. I'm going to a restaurant. I can't come to my day job meeting with my boss. So thinking of it that way also, because then as you do this, you're going to be forced to prioritize tasks, right? And you're going to become more efficient with your time or realize, as Adriana mentioned, that specific tasks may need more or less time in your schedule. So something that you thought would take one hour, realistically might take three hours in order to get done right. But maybe also that big looming task that's been on your shoulders that you've been avoiding for like four different days, maybe that you block off half a day for it because just mentally it's been draining. It might only take you 45 minutes once you sit down and focus and actually do it. And you'll learn those things as you start prioritizing your schedule and you can change what those time block commitments are. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that idea. I love using, and I'm glad you mentioned Google Calendar. It's definitely helpful to communicate with your loved ones when you have, you know, other commitments, whether it's for yourself or for, you know, maybe it's a client deliverable that you have to work on. You already promised, you know, that you're going to meet a certain deadline. So I find that super helpful along with other types of apps like Airtable or Google Sheets and all kinds of things that you can use. And one of the, one of the companions I love to share with people, which is a free app, is Clockify. So Clockify essentially helps me track things that have already happened. I think of it more like an agenda or a diary for things that have already happened, but it's searchable, it's on the cloud, it manages my giant to-do list in many ways, and I can look at real-time graphs of how I invested my time into my business, right? How much was spent on ceramics versus painting versus sending emails, uh, applying to opportunities, et cetera. So um, whether you use that or a different app, obviously, um, I find it especially helpful for those times when you look back and you feel like you didn't do anything last week and then you go look and you did 5 billion things and you get to give yourself some grace or the opposite for those weeks where you're like, I've worked myself to the bone. What actually took the biggest chunk of time? Because again, it's hard to predict how long certain tasks will take. And that's why I track them real time to know what it was. Um, But then I can search it and I can do reports out of it and I can see without judgment how was the time invested? So whatever whatever system you end up taking, um, you can go as granular, kind of like Jackie was talking, if you're using time blocks or you're using an app, you can go as granular as you need to, um, or you can make it general. Like for example, for me, I have over like color-coded categories for admin, ceramics, 
level up the podcast and the membership, online content, painting, workshops, special events, et cetera. But then I have subcategories for them. Um, and I do write in what I was doing during that time. So while we're recording this, you betcha there's a time block going in recording time management episode for Level Up Artist Podcast. So I can look back later on and see how the week was spent. But it has to be, at least the way I use it, it has to be as a companion to my Google Calendar, which will have the biggest tasks that have to be accomplished by certain deadlines, as well as Airtable, where I'm tracking as a project management tool. Um, the things that I have to prioritize for the week. And that's where I prioritize them. So it's a, it's a combination system, if you will. But anyways, highly encourage you guys to check it out. It is free. Download it on a phone, tablet, access it on a browser. Um, it even uh, plays nicely with other apps like Google Docs. So from the doc itself, you can say start timer. Uh, so real time you can track things, but you can edit it after the fact. Um, anyways, that that we're not getting paid to talk about Clockify, but definitely one that I find super helpful. So definitely check yeah. it out. Yeah. And I think especially for creatives, if you find that time management may sound a little bit scary, just for reframing it in your mind of it's just super important to budget the time that you have. So even if you use Clockify, for example, on an ongoing basis, that would be wonderful for all the points that Adriana just mentioned. But even if you do a one week, okay, I'm time blocking this week. Ideally, it would be on a one month basis just to realize Okay, do like a time audit of yourself. You don't have to do it all day, every day for the rest of your life, right? But even just a 30-day period to see, oh, I actually spend X amount of hours doing admin work versus X amount painting. Or, oh, my personal life, random, uh, I don't know, social events that I don't really want to go to in the first place are a huge time commitment. Let me cut those back. And that's super helpful just to be able to reflect on your general habits as well. But Budgeting the time that you have ultimately is that magic sauce of being an artist and a business owner so that you can really spend time on the essential tasks so that you can spend more time creating, filling up your cup and feeling empowered with the time you have. Because ultimately, that's why we're doing what we're doing. That's why we create our art and our art businesses is to enjoy the life and the time that we have. And that comes with prioritizing the tasks that need to get prioritized so you allow for more things that fill up your cup in the end. Yeah, and to end it on a cheesy note, knowledge is power, as they say. So mm -hmm. use these tools and these different, you know, strategies that we're sharing with you as a way to get to know, like you said, the time that you're spending on the different tasks that are required to run your creative practice and art business in order to make more informed decisions in the future about how you invest your time. But with that, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's conversation and this episode. And before we go, you can find more templates and training videos on this and many other art business topics inside our Level Up Artist community. Uh, come and check it out and join like-minded creatives trying to build sustainable art businesses. And with that, we are wrapping up today's episode. As always, both of our blogs will be linked in the show notes. We can find episode notes and links to all of our other podcast resources. And if you want to stay connected with us in between episodes, share your feedback or have questions you would like to, for us to answer on the podcast, you can reach us through social media. I'm at May Art across all platforms. And I'm at Jay Sanders Studio on all platforms. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.